What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Future Elites Podcast, where every Friday, not only we talk about this lovely game of football slash soccer, we also talk about life. I'm your host, Parsa, and I really hope you enjoy today's episode and also the future episodes, hence the name Future Elites Podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get to the today's podcast. Amir, how you doing, man? Thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Hey, Parsa, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, good, to, good to be here, and uh, you know, thank, thank you for having me on. Great, great. I mean, did you, I don't know if you realize this, but I think it's the first or second time I'm calling you by your actual name. Because for those that are uh, listening right now, uh, Amir was my high school coach, and ever since then, I just used to call him coach. It's just weird for me to just call. It's, I don't know if you've gone through the same thing, but it's just so weird to call my coaches uh, like their actual name. It's just like, I feel like there's an authority level yeah. that I just don't want to, you know what I mean? I don't know if you've uh, so, yeah. uh, experienced that. Yeah, like, uh, so our, our, our cultures are, are a little the same because uh, in our cultures, anybody that's above us or in age, we have like, we say like older brother or something like that and and, and here right. in america you know it's different uh and yeah. now but you're you're growing up to be you know a, a a man and everything like that you're you know you're 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 putting yourself down so uh, your feet on the ground and stuff so you know call me call me. now you're not my student anymore so you can call me here it's no problem <laughs> for sure for sure um so let's get to that part uh just tell the audience uh who you are what you do and where you're from since you mentioned from different cultures and yeah yeah so um my name is amir hyrich um i am half turkish half croatian uh, my parents moved moved here in the early 80s and um, i'm born and raised in america but uh you know the 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 game is in the blood um so and it's always been in the blood and always will be in the blood and my my kids as well and my kids kids because it's a you know, it's like a cultural thing. Like I said, it's it's almost it's it's up there with religion. Um, I I am the currently I, I coach at Rockridge High School. I've been there for five years now. Um, prior to that, I was with uh, Golden Boot Soccer. I would started my trainings with them um, all the way from you know from four to five year olds up to eighteen and eighteen nineteen year old uh, kids. And you know, gradually plan to move up to the collegiate level. Uh, to coach there um, and we'll see you know obviously the dreams of coaching and stuff like that are, are hard and so maybe overseas one day but uh, you know we'll get there for sure for sure most definitely um, so let's get to that you said you've been coaching Rockridge that's the high school that I went to for five years now so remember the first year because that was our year um, talk about the experience like how was the coaching a diff- new team for the first time what was that experience you were going through? Like, how was I feeling? Talk about that. To tell you the truth, uh, the the first, the initial meeting and the first taking on a new team is probably the, um, I think you get the most out of your players, right? So because I'm new, they're new, they want to show the best at what they can do. Um, and so I think, and, and the relationships are brand new, you know? So you start off really well. Obviously, you guys are 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. So I have to deal with different personalities and different egos and things like that. Um, but the relationships are fresh. So you start fresh. And it's always a how can I gleam or, or shine in the eyes of the coach and, and show me the best. And you know, as the years go on, and I think this is how it is in the professional world, players get tired of hearing one voice. So it's good for you know, another coach to come in to freshen things up to, to get that. So, um, I, you know, obviously this year I'm taking on JV. I don't know if you know, Mike is moving up to varsity because I'm going to take JV this year and then move on to, to something else. So, um, but no, the first years are always the best, but I think, you know, players throughout their life, they need different voice, different experience. Um, and I think, you know, my time at Rockridge, my first year was great year. Second year was even better. Uh, third year was, you know, it's okay. Fourth year was this, this past, uh, COVID we didn't really have a season. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's a refresher. I think people need to interact with different people throughout their life. And as they improve, um, it's good because, I have my experience and the next coach has his and the next. So it's good for the kids to see, you know, and hear different voices, I think, throughout their careers. Yeah. I mean, it's very powerful. Like you said, like the diversity very is really 
uh, matters, especially in sports, because like I always uh, refer, uh, especially soccer, to food, right? Soccer in Japan is going to be different from soccer in, uh, let's say, Brazil, right? Same thing with food. Food from Japan is going to taste different from a like different country. So saying that different coaches, because different coaches come from different backgrounds and different experiences, they can always implement new things, new ideas, new perspectives to the players that need that, which uh, you pointed out. And I highly, uh, definitely 100% agree with that. But um, we're going to get back to that uh that you coaching JV now because it's really surprising me. But we're gonna get back to that. But talk to me about your uh, overall like philosophy of as a coach. Like, what are your main core? Um, how can I uh, word this out? Like, what are your main core perspectives as a coach? Like, what do you want to implement? What do you want to show the players as a coach to just understand? And just see, like your philosophy as a coach. What are them? If they can, uh, if you can so, just like summarize. I, I think I think today when we look and so a lot of people today analyze the game. I think too heavily. Mm-hmm. One player has a bad game one day. Next play, next day they have a good game. And you can't just analyze it one game by one. Ah, oh, he's not good. He's not bad. So I think you have to. We need to just look at the game simply look simplify it a little bit and that's kind of my philosophy i think you need to have the fundamentals first of all as a player um you uh you know three four years old there's a ball at your feet eight nine years old you're playing competitive 12 13 you're already thinking about what am i going to be doing when i'm 16 17 as a player not education nothing like that i think my philosophy is one finding these type of players right these players who live and breathe the game live and breathe food, live, you know, it, it's, it's eat, it's play, it's sleep, it's eat, play, sleep. These are the kind of players I'm looking for when I'm coaching a team or when I'm trying to choose a team first. Um, it's the ones that are passionate about it. And obviously my philosophy is, is simple. You have to teach the game, teach the fundamentals of the game, but a lot of times let the player and the players show the game. Um, simplify. The idea of the game is what? to defend and not get scored on and to attack and score. We sometimes think about this too much. And my philosophy is to simplify it. And when you keep it simple, when you give the power to the players to show their talents, it makes it joyful for the player as well. And to keep the joy in the player, I think is key. So they continue on. I think a lot of times in this country, or at least we might get down into my thoughts about what's, what's going on in this country, but I think, it's too serious sometimes. There's a time when, in, in a place when players need to get serious because, hey, they're getting paid good money. But b- before that, it's learn the fundamentals, perfect the fundamentals, be on a team with equal fundamentals, like players that are on your level because you play with a, a player that is equal to you in skills. Both players are now enjoying the game. Right. Because if there's an amount of frustration when when the levels are different and in the high school game, it's, it's difficult because you have what 50, 60 players to choose from and you have levels of experience from zero to 100. And it's to find the top 80 to pull together. And then again, now you're saying, OK, the top, I'm going to take 20 of the best. And now I need to figure out what levels those guys are on, where those guys have experience the game what they think about each position so and and the easiest part to do is simplify it find the best of those best put them out there make sure their their fundamentals basic touch pass um you know communication these kind of things that we don't always think about it's not just go out kick the ball score the goal it's how you touch it how you pass it how you communicate and how you move without the ball once you learn those things and find and find the joy and, and keep the joy i think that that's you find a successful team and you have joy you, your, your your players as they move on they continue to enjoy the game i don't want to ruin the game for somebody and say because of that coach i'm i went to go play tennis that's not my goal you know yeah. so it, it's it's a lot of components but it's be able to relationship with the players um and just get the best out of them i think the fundamentals are important when that's why i kind of want to move up to a higher level because then you start weeding out the ones that are there to play the game just because to play the game um i take it more than that 
I want guys that I don't need to perfect the first touch, but I will spend time if it's needed, you know, if the player wants to do it, you know. So my philosophy is, is, is simple, man. Joy has to be a part of the game because the game is fun. The game is not beautiful if the game is too strict. The game is too um, – the coach is demanding you do this, 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 this exactly. You have to sometimes let the players do what it is. Phil Jackson coached Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan did what Michael Jordan had to do to win the games. And what he did is he brought the best out of the players that he had around him. And they kept the game simple. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, he also coached Kobe Bryant in the same scenario. Like, that's – that's the, the thing I want to point out is um, you really touched on fundamentals. And from experience that I had with you, you were very big on it. Keep the ball moving, right? And that's that, that was our – uh, strategy basically at, at that year we basically wanted to keep the ball moving from one position to uh, I mean well, from one side to another if it's not working from there switch all the way about that but I feel like at that age especially me I mean uh, you can uh, vouch for it if uh, you want to but I feel like at that age players have such egos I'm gonna speak for myself my ego is just too high and that I didn't see these little things that mattered the most and we're just too focused on doing the right thing for ourselves, not the whole team, right? Mm-hmm. And now that I'm looking back to it, I understand sometimes why things happen the way it did, right? Because I feel like the ego gets in the way a lot, especially at that age and high school age, because you just want to, you just think you are the king of the world. You just, just because you're nice with some uh, foot skills or doing something, you can just do everything you want on a team which is 10 other players that yeah. is a part of that which um basically i want what i'm trying to get to is the ego of players right how do you guide them and nurture them because we were we only uh had uh i had the honor of being your student for only one year but i'm saying for if you could only like focus on certain players that had ego issues right they had so much ego that you could you you um notice them and you could nurture how would you go about it like how would you help them to understand the game better and not be so egocentric i think i mean you hit it in your first year and where you were talking about yourself there was a lot of people uh that think individual think themselves think what can i do to be the star, what can I do to shine, right? And what I can say is the year after you were gone, a leader emerged and you know him, Emre, started to be able to voice himself because not only was he able to back it up with his play, but he was able to bring the team together. Um, and, And then he said, he found his platform of saying, okay, it looks like no one else is gonna stand up. Let, he found his, his path. Granted, I gave him a little bit of guidance to say, hey, I, if no one else is, it's your time to shine. And, and I think that was lacking in the first year. And when you lack the, a leader who, who brings uh, humility to the game, because I think when, when I was captain of my teams and I saw people you know, either dribbling too much, not playing the simple pass, as the captain, you address it, you say, hey, there's an easier pass to make because the idea is to play the game together and to play the game to succeed. So I think that was missing um, in, in, in your first year and gradually with, with him leading the team, we found that voice. Um, speaking of egos, I mean, I, I think what the world sees or, or you guys see, right? And I, I say you guys because we have about 20 year difference. So I think you guys are definitely in a different generation than I am. I'm from the, the work generation. Mm-hmm. You're Cristiano Ronaldo's, you're Messi's, you're Cristiano Ronaldo's 36 years old. You're how old? 20. So he's in my generation, right? It's that hard work mentality that I got to do everything that I possibly can to be number one. There's no other option, right? You guys are in the world and I, and I, in the, I think, looking at like more of like a Kobe Bryant type player, right? One in a one in a million, 18 years old, straight to professional. That doesn't happen to everybody. And I think that mentality where you were talking about, you guys think individual as you were in your first years, because you guys think, hey, maybe that can happen to me if I score a bicycle kick. 
it's not just one goal. Kobe Bryant didn't just score one basket. The man worked and he led and he won championships with the teams in high school to get him to that point. Now, soccer in this country is harder to do to get to the top. But in terms of ego, I mean, there's multiple egos. And what you have to do is what I say, and you probably heard me, until I've seen a signed contract from Real Madrid, the ego shouldn't be there. There's nothing to back it up. Because if to have an ego, to walk with your shoulders back and your nose high, that means you've, you've accomplished something. You've done something. And at 16 years old, I don't think you've accomplished anything yet. Um, I've had one player at Potomac Falls who they just won the um, college NCAA championship at UVA. They beat Georgetown. The kid walked in the hallways, head down. He's starting midfielder as a sophomore for UVA. Head down. You see the humble and that humbleness takes you far so I try to tell these players that have this ego that the ego you'll get judged really quickly but if you're humble and you play the game and you're quiet and you do the things that you're told and and excel those are the ones that take longer to judge you know you more people will give you the chance more people will say hey I see something in them rather than somebody who says I walk with ego but then gets on the field and doesn't do anything doesn't perform but, you know, comes to practice with the headphones on, with the white soccer shoes, you know, with the uh, capri pants and stuff like that. These are the things that I see that I say, okay, now I see the ego. Now let me see if he can play. And if he can't play, then I say, take the headphones off, get normal shoes, get normal pants, and get back to the basics of it. Because you don't deserve at this point in your life to be walking around like that because you haven't shown anything. So it's almost like a kick kick in the chest that I try to provide kids at your age. Because I think if I don't, it just gets worse going on. And, and I see this as a problem because it's also at home too. I see a lot of like kids who carry themselves this way at home have respect issues and, and, you know, with their parents or, you know, have issues at home or a, a social issues and things like that. And I think as a coach, it gives me the chance easily to say, hey, put the ego away. It's time to work. I don't deal with any of it, you know? So it's a tough one. That's a, that's a really tough one because you, sure, yeah. you gotta glide in between because you guys are emotional, I'm emotional, and you wanna be able to address these things without demoralizing or you know knocking somebody down really bad but just saying hey look sign that real madrid contract and walk the way you want to walk you know you haven't done any work yet so it's yeah that's a that's a tough subject to do to deal with especially has, has that happened to you has that happened to you like an example that happened to your coaching uh career that someone had that ego and i mean i'm i've uh, i've changed so much from High school years to now I just like I heard I, everyone says that but the thing is I'm a big believer of being humble right no matter what you achieve because you can do how much you achieve you can lose it all like that right so being able to always be humble being able to always be, always be grateful for what you got how much you achieve and not really rub it in nobody's face is a huge like it's a, it's a skill right that you need to master at but how would you, what I'm trying to say, like, basically, if someone is showing that ego and is not backing it up, has that happened to in your, like, um, coaching career so far? And another question is, what do you do if you see the ego? Like, even if, I feel like it's a very dangerous thing. It, it plays a dangerous thing. It is a dangerous thing, but I think if it's a soccer ego where a player thinks he's the best uh, attacker or best defender or best goalie, easiest thing is to test them, test them on the field. So I had a pl I have I had a player who graduated last year. We didn't play the season, and I th I'm pretty sure you're. We'll keep names aside for 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 just you know for the benefit. Yeah. But I put this player against an attacking player. And I said, okay, you're, you're a more of a midfield defensive type player. Try to defend. 
Okay. Because as a midfielder, I feel like you are you are now you're in the middle of the game, right? So you should be able to attack and defend. Attackers sometimes can't defend and defenders sometimes can't attack because that's just not what they're built for. So as a midfielder, now I have two ways to test attacking and defending. Failed in both, right? Failed in both. And then I switched the player. If same same player with the ego issue, I switched the player with the use, failed again. So it's an easy test to say, hey, look you've obviously shown or you've come to this uh, establishment with, with our team with this ego or a chip on your shoulder thinking you are the best player here. And I've just proven to you with your eyes and with, every, with witnesses here that you're not. And I think a coach can really has the ability to do this with ease because it's a sport. You have the examples right there. And, and okay, say he failed in both. The idea is not to show that he failed. The idea is to show that you can do better, that, that you haven't reached the goal yet. Unless your goal is to play high school soccer, then okay, you've reached it. But I don't think that should be anybody's goal. What do you get from high school soccer ex except for experience and a different coach than from clubs? I think unless you reach the peak of the Ronaldos, the Messis in the world where the trophy cabinets show hey, these are the, this is the kind of player I am, and I am able to talk with an ego or have an ego at least, but, but for the majority, they're humble. These players, you show them they fail and say, hey, you haven't gotten, you haven't reached anything yet. So until you have, keep, put your head down and keep working because you'll just get knocked down. And it is a dangerous thing because it could be, the player could go one way or another. And I think that's the benefit of the game. The game will prove to you that you either play or you don't play. You know, and, and as you grow older, you, if you keep the ego, next thing you know, the coaches won't play you. And next thing you know, there's a division among the player and the game because you just don't fit the mold of what coaches and the game requires. You know, who do you see on a soccer field in the professional game that has a huge ego? Huge, b b more than anybody else. You don't. Ronaldo plays and Ronaldo scores. Ronaldo's a team player. He, he tries to. Messi's the same thing. You're any other big name. De Bruyne. These guys are big names, big, e big money, big ego. But on the field, it's team game. Off the field, be who you want to be. But on the field, that's where I make my judgment is on the field. I could care less what you, I, I care what you guys do off the field. You know, as long as it's safe and, you know, you don't cause me any problems. But on the field, is what I care about. And then if you're not showing that, Sooner or later, you'll see yourself not playing anymore. All right, just wanted to give a quick shout out to everyone who is tuning in so far. I really hope you're finding value in this episode and hopefully the future episodes. If you have any suggestions on what you'd like to hear more of on our podcast, please give us a feedback, hopefully five stars. And in the comments, write down your suggestions. Again, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. It's a tough one. Definitely, yeah. It definitely is a tough one. And when you uh, pointed out, like, yeah, we show them that, like, the ones that are not, that can't back it up, that they are not good enough yet. But at the same time, we can't let that ego shatter because if it does, the confidence goes all the way down. Then they either go with a route that I don't want to play this sport anymore, or they're going to take a route that uh, they're going to start hating on other players, or they're going to start um, working. Uh, their butt off to reach that uh, better level but I'm um, like how do we because my goal is to nurture players right your goal is to do the same in a book now because you have you're coaching team but what how do we go about that how do we once we show them that they are that they need some work done how do we go about it that okay you see that you're not good at yet so let's get to work now like I feel like that um like that talk is very, very needed, especially as like a club team or like a high school coach team, club coach, because there's a lot of comparison going on, right? In your head as a teenager, you're like, oh man, I'm not good enough. Oh man, uh, why did I do that? Like I suck. But when that, that nurturing uh, voice of a coach, because like you said in the uh, beginning of the podcast, you said sometimes you need to hear a different voice to uh, uh, go different about something. Like, I feel like if, if a parent talks to them or if their best friend or something like that, that they hear a lot from, 
says says those things, they're not really gonna listen to it. It's gonna go from one ear out to another. But I feel like if it comes out of a role model, I'm not saying parents are not role models, but other role models that they look up to specific on that situation, which is soccer, football. How do we? How can we nurture that more? See, I think I think this is where we have differences of generations again, mm-hmm. because in my generation, nurturing wasn't much of a thing. It was yeah. go out and get it, or suffer the consequences, and and suffering the consequences by meaning is like failure, and what failure should teach you is to try it again, or try something different, because it'll knock you down. And it's a mentality thing to get back up and try something again, where I think I disagree with, I don't want to nurture my players at 16 years old. It's not a nurturing period at five years old, maybe eight years old, possibly. But when you get to 12 to 15, 16, 18 years old, it's a mentality thing. It's how are you raised? What motivation do you have? What drive do you have to get better? because you're not the best now. And if you were, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be in the high school that I'm, I'm coaching at. You would be off at some academy overseas, most likely, and, and succeeding that way. Um, it's, you know, you can, nurturing, I think you can't nurture players. You can, I got guide players. I want to guide them. I don't want to hold you in my arms and say, oh, boo-boo, it's going to no, be. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. That's, yeah. Not, what, that's like not what his... I'm about, because that's not how I was raised. Um, and you'll see that with different coaches. I think as we, you and I get older, that the society that we live in is about nurturing and saying, come on, Johnny, let's go play soccer. If Johnny doesn't want to play soccer, don't make Johnny play soccer. It's the same thing with on the field. If he gets to 16, 17 years old and he has the mentality of I'm better than everybody else. I can do so much talking. Somebody can do so much talking. It's on to the player then. A lot of this is the player. A lot of this is the motivation. A lot of this is the upbringing of a child. A lot of this is what do I have growing up versus um, what do I want? And, you know, I I don't like we always look at the coaches, win, lose, draw, um, player not doing well, look at the coach, look at the coach. Well, at some point, it's what about the player? Where's the mentality of the player? If the player doesn't give you that, those signs of saying, hey, I want to improve. I'll, get, I'll put the ego away. Let me improve. You, there's not much else you can do. And I think that's the beauty of life is unless you try and give it your everything, no matter what, you'll end up just you know, playing rec soccer or whatever. But if you give it everything and, and, and put your head down and work, you don't have these ego issues. Da, da, da. You can feed the ego when, once you succeed. And, you know, and I think that's life. It works out itself. You either have it and want it or you don't. And, and I like to say, I don't like to give the time to somebody that doesn't want to, because I'd like to spend the time on somebody that does. And in this country, you know, it's, we're getting there. I think in, in terms of the quality of players and, and finding good players and the players that want to play, I think we're getting there. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I, nurturing is something I think uh, it should be done for a baby, uh, you know, a child, a very young child, not, nothing at, at 16 years old. It's, it's a more yeah. of a, a discipline and more of a drive and guide to what do you want as a player? Okay, I'll try to get you that. Like Emre is one good example that I can, I, I always keep going back to because spoke no English or very little English when, when, he, when I met him. Thank God we had a communication Thing with Turkish so it, it worked out for him and it worked out for me and just speaking to him and saying what do you want to do what's your next goal I want to play college soccer okay cool we'll get you there and you and I saw every single day first one at practice last one to leave I want to be captain I want to score 10 goals this game and I would make bets with him saying you score 10 goals I'll give you my cleats and they're brand new cleats you know and I and he hits here you go your cleats yeah. set set these little goals for yourself and succeed but it's the player that sets them, not me. I'm going to coach you. If you want it, I'll see it and I'll show you. But if you don't want it and you don't show that and you come in with like a walking like this on the field with the Beats headphones and stuff, I'll, I'll find it right away. And I'll be like, no, nope, that's not what we need. Because at the end of the day, I have to find a team. 
And that guy that's coming in with the Beats headphones is not a team. He's just one guy. And so I can work around that. So mm. nah. I'm tough. I know. I told you. It's, it's, I, no, I mean, you don't got to tell me. I already, I already know that. We, yeah. <laughs> I learned that, <laughs> I learned that the hard way. But no, I'm, what I was saying, though, I definitely agree with you that generational differences. My mistake was the nurturing word. I mean, more of a guidance. But I feel like, especially in this generation that we are in, from my experience so far, that I had like trained kids, they just have a very, very sensitive. Uh, they're just very sensitive, um, and their their mindset is very, very, very negative, right? And the reason I said nurturing was because I had that uh, feeling of a like just helping them out to reach that mindset because especially at this generation, they just are like that. They just, I don't know what it is, parents, society, environment, whatever, other coaches, they just have a negative mindset towards, okay, if I mess up this doing this uh, move, I'm not good enough, you know? And <clears throat> that's why I brought that up because being uh, like, a, like, I mean, I totally agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I totally agree with you that at a certain age, after a certain age, you got to be more of a, it should be more of a tough love, discipline, show them the right route. If they take it good, if they don't, bye, right? But at the same time, I feel like um, they need that more of a guidance, right? Uh, like a genuine love guidance that they see. It's okay to mess up kind of situation, right? Yeah, exactly. It's okay to it's fail. Just, the problem, yeah. I think what you're hitting at is why are people so afraid to fail? Because exactly. you can't learn your mistakes. If, if no one made a mistake and no one failed, then what are we talking about? Yeah. Right? So there's a, a success and a failure. And without one or the other, there's no point in anything. So the idea is someone messes up a move or is to say, hey, if you're trying to do something complex, simplify it. Right? If you're trying to hit a big goal of playing in college, let's make the high school team first, right? Simplify it. And I think when you do this, and we, I do this with normal work every day. So it's organization, mental organization almost. Rather than doing the around the world, let me start to juggle first. And let me make sure that when I'm juggling, I've perfected the juggle, right? Just a simple juggle, 20 times, 100 times, 500 times, 1,000 times, 500,000 times then go on to yep. around the world you know it's it's taking those steps and i think mentally kids from you know i think i think around seven to eight years old they start understanding the game before that it's more of a and, and there are some there are some six years old five year old six year olds that you right. see that are okay they're a little bit above or ahead of other people but around eight nine years old you start understanding the game a little bit and you start understanding okay what must be done and why are we doing this kind of thing um and at that age it's the kids see the problem i think and i've, I've told you is you guys are the youtube generation the the social media generation the kid yeah. who can't play soccer but is on tiktok doing tricks with his feet and with the ball <laughs> right and that's probably what he practices every single day and he perfects that and has turned it into something for him but he doesn't know how to play the game. You know, he can, you can't do those tricks on the middle of a soccer field. Someone will tackle you most likely. So that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that you, we have to stop taking that kind of stuff that you guys are seeing visually and do it physically. And if you are messing up, step it back, take it step by step, because those people that you guys are watching started step by step by step. And then they made the video, right? How are you doing this podcast? practice, practice, practice. Now it's video. And even then it's more practice, 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 more videos. So mentally for a child and a player, it's okay. I see what you're trying to do. Let's, let's break it down now. A, B, and C. Let's do A, do B, do C. The next thing you know, the kid has done A, B, and C and you see, boom, success. You see it in the player. You see, okay, what's next? That's the drive that you're looking for. That drive to say, I've completed one thing. What can I do next? And so if you see that in players, you're saying, okay, we're on the right track. But if you see a player who keeps constantly down and is afraid to fail, you just got to fail them. They have to witness yeah. it. You have to witness failure to be able to succeed in life in any, in any aspect. That's very powerful. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. it's not it's not anything that I've you know read in a yeah. book. It's just natural life. I mean, no, you're sure. you're gonna gradually learn these things when you're getting older, and you know, it's my job to tell you, hey, this is what's coming up in life. You know. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, when you said the breaking it down, right? I just want to see the author. Yep. So I don't know if you read the book, uh, The Talent Code by David, uh, Co Daniel Coyle. Mm -hmm. No. So it's about this guy that just travels around the world to find the hotbeds of like different skills. So like soccer, he went to Brazil to see how they train. He went to Russia for uh, tennis to see how they train. And the thing that actually got me very like, I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And you just pointed it out by breaking it down. Um, he was talking about this kid in the streets of Brazil. He was trying to do the elastico. And at first, uh, he failed multiple times. But then he realized, okay, what's the beginning of the step? Hit it in with the outside foot. Then what's the next one? Inside. Now he was just practicing. He broke it down, basically, to two, three moves. And then he got it uh, going. And I feel like in America, everyone wants to have everything just like that, rapidly, with nothing, with no um, hard work, with no um, dedication towards it. They just want it like that. And that's why I don't know how it is. If it's the parents, it's the society no, that we just you, raised in. You, you see the finished product in the video that you watch to see a move that somebody has taken hours and hours to perfect. You see it in 30 seconds and go home and say, okay, I need to do this right away because that kid has already done it. And when you yeah. fail, you take, oh man, I can't do that. Then the, then men mentally as a, you know, you should say, okay, wh what's the first step, second step, third step, fourth yeah. step, and boom, done. You guys want the success without the work. Yeah. You know? That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, obviously, I mean, everyone sees that move on, let's say a, a game like, Back in 04, Ronaldinho does a Elastico, right? A kid from Brazil gonna see that, a kid from Japan, China, and then a kid from America gonna see that. Why do we in America have that mindset of I want the I want it right now? Why do we have that? Like what do you think it's uh sparking that? Like why can't we just go take it humbly? Okay, what do I need to do to achieve that move? Why not you know what I mean? I think it goes back to Fame and the and, and 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 the spotlight is something that I think everybody craves, right? Everybody, everybody would want to wake up one day and say and look at their phone and say, "Man, I have a hundred million Instagram followers." I think people look or players look for what can I do to put that spotlight on me, right? And they see the Ronaldinho's, but what did Ronaldinho do be do before doing that Elastico? How many years of work did he do to do the Elastico in a professional game in a World Cup setting? You know, that's where I think in America we see boom. And I think the players in America see here's the player, here's the spotlight, and, and it's this quick to get to it. Yeah. When it's not that quick. For some, it is. And I think that's what life is all about. Not seven there are not seven billion soccer players in this world yeah. real madrid has 23 out of seven billion so you got to think this game is not for everybody it's for a select few and those select few as life goes on as the talents they've been given the talents they've worked on and the mentality that they've been able to develop guides them themselves and i think right. you know right. It's those players that go into a rec game or an indoor game and try a bicycle kick in a setting that you wouldn't see or do. Those are the ones that use, ah, okay, you know, it's not there. This is a, a recreational thing for you, not a next level professional thing. And I think in America, obviously, everybody wants to be successful right away, but it just doesn't work that way. You have to have one, one half of it is, is the talents that you've been given. And then the other half is how are you going to work to use those talents to get you to where you want to get to? Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, a yeah. lot of this game and a lot of life is beautiful in the way that it just works out for itself. There's yeah. always a balance somehow. And it's just, you just live with it. I feel it. like a lot of it, a lot of it is uh, mindset as well. Like 
I tell I tell my players and a lot of people that like we speak about soccer that your mindset literally plays 65% of the solution. If up here does not work, if up here is not positive, if up here is not open-minded, you can have so much skill. You can be the nicest player in the world. But if up here your mindset is not there, what do I mean by not there? Like positive mindset, positive mentality, hard work, dedication, you're not going to reach your full potential. And I feel like mindset plays a huge, huge role in um, just – life in general but let's let's um let's go back to coaching for you um so t- tell me like so you've been coaching for a while tell me your first uh first year first experience of coaching how was that how how did you start first of what made you take the coaching route and then get to your first experience well i think <laughs> i think you know once you reach the age of 30 and you haven't and you don't play professionally you're not playing professionally anymore uh my issues was obviously my body knees you know because I wanted to be a good great player grow up you know you we all have the professional soccer team but did I have the drive to go to the gym twice a day three times no I didn't have those drives um did I love the game oh yeah passionately eat breathe sleep I'd go you know any day I'll play but without taking care of my body the body gives up you know, it's, it's preparation, it's mentality. You have, I have dreams too, obviously, but then I say, I take what I, the passion that I have for the game and say, what can I use in my experiences to better this country? The only reason why I've taken this is because I want the kids in this country to learn the way that I grew up learning, the way, the discipline that I had to have, the mentality that I thought I had, but I didn't have to make it to the next level. And and I think without people like me who want to say, okay, give me, let me take my time to go and say, because of the game, it's for the game, for this country to improve. I was sitting in 94 in my house. I think I was, let's see, I was 13 years, no, sorry, 11 years old, right? And at, at, at that time in 1994, the United States was hosting the World Cup. I said, you know, in about 20 years, I think America would be in the quarterfinals, semifinals, because basketball is that way i mean you got to think about the dream team track and field america is dominating 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 our domination for everything has has continued except soccer soccer is up one down up one it's there's no consistency so i think what i can do with my time here on this planet is to say what i think the kids here in this country need to learn about the game and some may think it's the right way some may think it's the wrong way but hey, I'm spending the time because I feel like the game needs it here. And I think it's a lot more of not so much of the game, but more of the discipline side in this country. Mm-hmm. I think I think discipline, discipline, discipline um, is very important. And, and, and being like we started this conversation off, respecting of the elders, respecting of your teachers, yeah. respecting of, of everything. And I think we lack that in this country. And when you lack those kinds of things, how do you expect a national team who has developed this way to ever succeed. Um, And I think, you know, one, it's very hard to see, like, how do you not have a successful national team with 350 million people? How are you not able to find those players? And I think it all starts, you know, at the grassroots, five years old, the kids that can't pay to play, you know, and and these kind of things is what I try to get into coaching to fight. And I, I fight with the athletic director. This game needs to be free. I don't want to lose players because they are talented, but they can't because they have financial issues at home. And what are we talking about? Two, $300 for a kid to be able to show, hey, obviously he can't afford to play club soccer because these days club soccer is just through the roof. So if he could pay 100, 200 bucks to play high school, I would, but if it's free, he was not going to be able to pay the 1300 that's demanded automatically. I mean, you have to pay to play club. If I can get him to play high school for free, that may give a college to say, wait a minute, why don't we see this kid anywhere? That's because he can't afford to play a club on a club team. He can't afford the warm-ups because at home, things are difficult. And this game is about easing that difficulty on families. Your Messi's, your Ronaldo grew up poor. And the game didn't cost them money. And look at them now. 
And that's what I think to excel in this country, the game has to be free. The game has to be expressed free because we have enough money in this country to have a few more soccer players that who knows could be the best in the world, but we just can't identify because financially it, it throws them in a different category. And that's what I'm, what I try to fight for is free game, give give kids my experiences, try to get them to not only be good players, but good men growing up and good women growing up. If I coach women's and, and, and that's my goal be good people. At the end of the day, the world needs more good people than we do bad people. And if, if you're going to be, I'll try If you want to be a player, I'll try to be, get you to, to the next level. If you want to be a good human, I'll tell you how to be a good human, you know? And then that's kind of what all coaches do. I think we just try to say, what have we learned? And maybe it's something like my high school, if you want the honest truth, my high school coach was a tennis player. So imagine when we were at tryouts, he couldn't pass the ball to me. And I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a joke here. No, but, no. But what about me at 16 who's trying to expand my game through a coach that I'm expecting a lot from but can't do the fundamental thing? So that why kind of – Why should I listen to you? Yeah. That and triggered why should I listen? He was – you know, he's a good motivator, good person, good teacher, but not soccer. He didn't know much yeah. about soccer. And he's just one of those teachers that got placed into, hey, do you want to coach soccer? And it's like, okay, sure. But without knowing the game and understanding the game and being able to show the players like, hey, I have the experience. I know how to trap a ball one touch, you know, and that motivates the players to, hey, man, if coach can do it, I got to be able to do it, you know, and that's kind of where that triggered me. My my coach wasn't who I wanted. So I said, I got to be able to do that for the next generations going on. Yeah. Powerful, man. Beautiful. I mean, I hope I'm I'm always uh, there with you. It's a tough, it's a definitely a tough journey for that, <clears throat> that you're going through, you're going to go to. But you know why I'm saying that? Because America, sadly, is a very, very um, business-motivated, money-motivated yeah. country. And it's especially now that soccer is getting more popular day by day, year by year. It's very tough. And, I mean, I'm seeing that for myself, too, because I'm seeing some players that I'm training, they just don't have the money to train but they have so much potential and that just saddens me that it's just i'm not gonna get into it but it's a it's a a whole different topic to be discussed but yeah that's definitely something that needs some work on but we have to fight but um we have to oh for sure for sure yeah yeah. we have to at least try for sure yeah that's why i say i'm with you on that part but it's definitely gonna be a tough one but <clears throat> nothing oh, talk to me nothing good yeah, nothing no. good comes easy you you oh, have sure. to fight look at look at what our country is going through now we have mm-hmm. to fight to be good again we have to mm-hmm. fight to make sure that america is what america is supposed to be across mm-hmm. the world what the world looks at us as you know and i think it's not just soccer right now but it's with with racial tensions and things like that which i i personally have a hard time understanding why in 2020 2021 we are still talking about skin color um, and, and, and why is it still separating us and dividing us when we're all the same? Um, it, 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 that's, and that's what also this game provides that unity. In England still today, they are still kneeling before the game for I think 15 seconds yeah. to show in Black Lives Matter protests. Now, and you're watching NFL and this, you see some kneeling, some not kneeling. Yeah. There's no unity. It's so for our country, fight. yeah. For this unity yeah. in this country because other countries are doing it but we're not doing it here and we are the ones that have the problem you know mm. so, yeah yeah let's um let's dive back into your first experience as a coach how was that and what and uh yeah how was that first experience i mean it's like with anything first th- first time anything i get excited things when i see oh. something new new people new players it's excitement for me because again right. i get to see what they're about and they get to see what i'm about and hopefully at the end of the journey, you leave with joy. I leave with, with happiness to know that you left with joy. And right, you leave right. something. So my first experience was, yeah, it was good. I think they were eight-year-olds, um, a Fairfax team. Um, and, and at that age, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. But when you see an eight-year-old score nice goals, you're like, wow. And that brings the child out of me. And it brings the yeah. excitement back into me because it's like, 
oh, wow, here's another challenge. Let's get these kids to, boom, go to U9 and let's win tournaments and things like that. So new things are always great. Um, first experience, I mean, yeah, U8, uh, there was a Fairfax Knights, I believe they were. Um, heavy Hispanic kids team. Oh. And obviously yeah. I have a little bit of Spanish background too. So communication with them, they're surprised that I'm speaking Spanish, you know, and it's yeah. those kind of things that make it exciting. Um, and they're eight-year-olds. I mean, what... It, life hasn't hit them yet and so yeah. nothing matters and when and i think that it's the beauty of that's what i try to do uh, is is yeah. that the way these eight-year-olds come to the game nothing on their mind just to play the right. game and get the orange slices at halftime that's what i want 16 year olds clear your mind come here to learn and take the game as an experience to get better to do right better. right again clearing the mind but how'd you learn uh where'd you learn spanish I mean, I studied in, in, in high school and college. I played with Peruvians and Argentinians nonstop. Some of my good friends here are all South American. Um, and then obviously, you know, you live in America. I think if you know English, you should maybe think about learning some Spanish. And it's not anything, it's another language. I mean, I speak Turkish too. And then learning German. So, I mean, it's not a, I think it's just something that uh, you adapt to and you have to adapt to. You were in America, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Mine's mine's uh, más o menos. You know, it's not really too much on that. <laughs> but um, if you had to, I'm gonna ask you two last questions, okay? One is a little bit more personal, and another is just a general aspect of soccer. So the first of like, talk to me about your current uh state of mind. Like, how are you doing mentally, especially in this last year, 2020, that we been through and like how are you doing mentally because I really want to know like yeah we're talking about soccer but we also got to talk about like these stuff as well sure I mean um so obviously I, I work for government contracting uh, I've been home since March so mm. I, I I basically I, I wake up at work and I go to sleep at work right <laughs> and so yeah. mentally um I got a dog so we got a, a German Shepherd dog because yes. We're trying nice. to grow the family, maybe some kids in the near future. But yeah, yeah I mean, this pandemic, obviously, it's, it's something no one, no one was going to expect. No one was going to, um, could ever predict or anything like that. Um, but I think it's a, it's a test of, it's a normal, another test in life, right? It's a, a mental, now it's more of a mental test, a discipline test. And I think that Americans need, I think this was maybe, maybe a, a blessing in a very dark way, right? Because looking at 400,000 people dying or close to, you know, where we'll probably get there in the next couple of weeks or so, it's a sad thing to see in, in this country. You wouldn't think that, especially like you and me with our backgrounds coming to America, thinking America is this, you know, palace on the hill. And then you're seeing, wow, it's really not that way, um, which is sad. And that's why I think that, you know, in, in 2021, why do we have these issues in this country? but we all should just be trying to help one another succeed and move on. And I think the pandemic has brought things into perspective to a lot of people. What's important in life? People, close people around you. Now we, I, I could probably imagine people that, you know, you'd hate to see at Thanksgiving. Now you're dying to see at Thanksgiving, yeah. right? And those are things that I think brings things like this yet very dark, but you shine the light on things that are more important in life. You know, with every bad thing, there's a, a good side. You have to look at the, try to look at the positive of what it's giving you or what it could give you. Um, but it's a lot of discipline. I mean, I think we, I mean, we have a country that's divided and in, in, in terms of believing in science and not believing in science, um, which is a stressful thing because when you go out to grocery stores, you're like, well, some guy doesn't have a mask and you have a mask, right? So it's, and then your patience and, and, caring about one another. I think it's all a test. This is a huge test on society, on how we treat one another. I think how we, how we, what we expect from leaders. And I think, um, and how we go through these problems mentally, like it's, it's a depressing time you have to admit. And I think first thing you can, you have to do as a human being in this time is say, yeah, I'm depressed because it's true. I'm stuck at home. I, if I go out, I'm afraid to get coronavirus. If I do this, I'm afraid. 
society is breaking down because friends aren't getting together. Friends are judging one another on, hey, he's too scared to come out or he, she's too afraid to get sick or, oh, I have this you know, immune disease. I think so it's been a huge test on society, on, on, yeah. on, on what is actually important in life. And I think you got to, again, I, I try to look in every bad moment, there's something good to, to look at or you have to be able to find, right? There's always a, a positivity that you can pull out of some sort of negativity. And I think, you Every know, time. Yes. Mm -hmm. being in touch with family, I think um, continuing to love what you do and continuing on no matter how you have to do it, whether it's like you're doing your job right now because you love it and now you're having to do it through Zoom. I'm sure if we didn't have to, we'd meet in person somewhere and we'd talk in, in person or you'd record it. You know what I mean? So you're, we're finding the path to make ourselves happy. And I think yeah. it's a good test for people. It's a good test, just like for soccer. Either you can do it mentally or you can't. And if you can't get through the pandemic mentally, you just can't. And, and you know, it's tough. It's tough on a lot of people. I, I mean, it's, it's gotta be hard. I've been lucky to, to have a job still. Um, the, my wife has a job, you know, and, and we're okay. We're fine. Um, I, I'm always telling her, I'm like, I, I don't, give the stimulus to somebody else that needs it because I don't need it. You know, I'm okay. So, but it's those, those people that we got to also think about the ones that are completely struggling, the families that are, you know, I always think about it. And it's like, you go grocery shopping, they're like, Hey, can you give $5 to the food bank? Cause I know somebody needs it, especially right now. And in America, it's so hard to think about that. There's people struggling to eat and, and things like that. So um, you try to discipline, get through it find the positive sides of things and, um, and try to help out as much as you can. I mean, like I said, our, cult our cultures are pretty, pretty close. So I think, especially yeah. when it comes to like, like, I mean, I'm not a religious person, person, but I think yeah, be good yeah. and, and, and try to help out when you can. And if you can, you know, and if I have $2, I'll give $1 to somebody else. You know, it's, it, that's how we have to think we have to be, especially in tough times like this. Yeah. I mean, we didn't survive all this, all these years for not being, uh, working collectively and exactly I feel like sadly it's merging towards like individualism but I'm not gonna talk about that but I, like I definitely agree with you like we definitely gotta stick together no matter what and always help the ones in need mostly and then help others after that are not so much in need but again you just it's a it's a really good I, I know it's gonna be a selfish feeling because you just feel like good about yourself after you give but again it's it's very needed thing, especially at this time of our lives. But um, last question that I always ask everyone, and I want to see what you say about this. So if you would could take one aspect, one trait of coaches away and mm -hmm. add a better trait that would help the players more and grow them. I'd have to say – and, and this, I think I already touched on this, but as a kid, when you go and play soccer, football, you go with a smile on your face. You go with joy, right? right? Passion and love for the game because I want to go play this game, right? I think one thing we can do is, is simplify it. Find the joy again because the beautiful game is only beautiful when, it's, when the people that are doing it are enjoying it, right? You, you, you can't overstress the game. You can't think too much about it. At the end of the day, it's 11 guys moving a ball around to get it into a goal. And the more complicated you make it, the more stressful it is on the players, the uglier the game gets. And the uglier the coaching gets. And, the, and then you have a, a, a division of, of players who don't want to play. And so I think if, if anything, go back to as a coach, Think of the game as if you were a child going to play the game at 10 years old. Think, put yourself in that player's footsteps and treat them that way. Treat them like, boom, they're enjoying it. Make sure they're enjoying it and, and, and simplify it for them. Not, nothing else. We complicate things too much in this world, too much, yeah. especially this game. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, perfect, man. I really love that. All right. Um, well, thank you again for being on today's podcast. It was a pleasure, man. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no problem, man. At, at any time, yeah. if you ever, like I said, you ever want to talk, you guys are my old players. I still have players from Potomac Falls who get in touch with me. My old Ashburn club, they reach out to me on Facebook. So 
like I say to you and anybody else, I'm here anytime you guys need. My coaching is never over, you know? Yeah. It's, now it's not soccer, but it's more in, hey, I'll help you succeed right. in this business. Yeah. Or whatever you try, whatever you guys are trying to do. Yeah. Much love. Much love. Uh, right. If you have any um, social media or anything that you want, uh, that you'd like other people, if they have questions or anything to reach out to you, if you will have, if not. Uh, you know, stay off social media. Go out, right. and, go out and play the game. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, folks, you heard it. Go out and play the game. But they Keep know where simple. to find me. I, I coach at Rockridge High School in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, uh, people, thank you so much for tuning in for today's podcast. I hope you enjoy your day and have a great day. Bye-bye.